one day, he did something that more or less changed his life. He was in Toronto and, as he tells it, by chance decided to attend a recital of the Bach cello suites. He didn't even know the performer, and he wasn't a classical music fan. But once he'd experienced the suites in concert, he couldn't get enough. The experience was so powerful that Eric Siblin has gone on to explore these cello suites by Bach, ultimately writing a book to open this music up to regular folks, not just the academics, whom he respects, of course, but the rest of us, he thinks, should open ourselves to these pieces. This is real world stuff. believes love is proclaimed in the downward swooning scale here, an amorous rush of falling into someone's arms. The pitch is romantic. The smitten notes promise everything. Again and again the lover makes his case, rising from the deep notes of desire to heavenly rhetoric. There is cajoling the pulling of the strings, the laws of nature. The world is not to be retired from. The force of life barrels ahead. It is a pleasurable momentum, followed by a stretch of tension, the euphoric overlap of single notes coming together. An embrace. That's what Eric Siblin hears that's what he is touched by in this music, not that we have to experience suite number three in C major the same way, but there is probably no doubt we'll pick up on the joy of it all. Acclaimed cellist Mark Kosower is principal cellist of the Cleveland Orchestra, and he is convinced that Bach's music speaks to each one of us in some way. And he's developed a project he calls Bach for Humanity to extend the reach of this powerful music to people and places where it might not yet be known. This is a performance by one of Mark Kosower's esteemed teachers, cellist Janusz Starker. Mark Kosower is known for his signature sound and his tremendous virtuosity and sensitivity. And he will return to the University of Scranton for a solo performance as part of his special recital series, Bach for Humanity, this Sunday, October 24th, at 7.30 p.m. in the Houlihan-McLean Center on the campus of the University of Scranton. 
The concert is open to all members of the university community and invited guests, and Cheryl Boga tells us we all are invited guests. Mark Kosower has performed around the world. He has been a cellist with the Bamberg Symphony. He has been a great teacher, and he's been on the faculty at the Cleveland Institute of Music. He's performed at the Blossom Music Festival and so many other distinguished places and with distinguished orchestras. As we say, Mark Kosower is known for his signature sound, and Cheryl Boga, director of performance music at the University of Scranton, is bowled over by that signature sound. Back in the early 2000s, it was actually Michael Fine, the uh, recording producer and sometimes clarinetist, that introduced us, uh, suggested that I bring Mark here to do a recital. And I did that and I had never, and I can name a piece, I can't tell you who composed it, but it was based on a Shakespeare quote, it was unaccompanied cello. Do you remember what this is, Mark? Yes, I, it, I think it's I, There's the Rub by Marco yes. Stropa. That's it. He was just getting used to the hall when he first started and he started to play that. And I just thought, I don't ever want to hear any other cello player again in my life. And so since then, He's been back. I found out that he's been back numerous times. But the other things I found out about him is that he is one of the most humble. And I don't use that in a minimizing or insincere way. I mean, genuinely committed. It's never about Mark. It's about the music. It's about the people he's making music with. It's about education, whether instrumental education or education on the music or just education about, about humanity because, of course, that's what music is. Music's an expression of our shared humanity. And it's just never about him. He has worked with our beginner strings in Zoom master classes during the non-major beginner strings. He has come here with other world-class artists. And no matter what he is doing, what he brings to the table is really incomparable. Just a remarkable experience, whether it's for colleagues or students or audiences every time. So if he ever wants to move to Scranton, I'll help him carry the piano in. Just as Cheryl says, it matters, the humility and in the service of the music. And it's all about that with you. And we know that. So tell us why you chose I There's the Rub to test the hall. What was that piece? I There's the Rub, the the selection. Actually, it was a, it was a piece written for the 2001 Rostropovich International Cello Competition. And this was the required piece that everybody had to learn in order to perform in the second round. And you have to learn it ahead of time. It was very, very challenging with a very advanced harmonics to flagellettes and, and techniques to play that. And so um, I liked the piece very much. And I, I was fortunate to win the prize for the best interpretation of that piece. And at that competition. And then I decided to perform it in concerts and years that followed. And because I thought it was just such a striking sound world and it really uh, it was a language and, and that sounded all to itself. And I remember talking to the composer when I was in Paris and 
I remember him talking about,、um, you know, he really liked my performance, but he was saying how harmonically, you know, as long as the correct stresses are in the music and and things, you don't have to point out those harmonies, you know, at least in a in a very explicit way because it's already there. I think he was just talking about balance and and these types of things. So he was a very interesting person to talk to. And、um, obviously, a, a really brilliant、uh, composer. So,、um, no, I, I enjoyed playing it very much. You mentioned Shakespeare, and there are those mighty figures in human history that are larger than the sum of everything they've done, and nourish us generation after generation. And for you, that is Johann Sebastian Bach musically in your world. Absolutely. I mean, Bach is. I mean, it's. It's even mind-boggling to think about how all the great composers, the vast majority of them that followed, worshipped Bach and and almost universally declared him the greatest composer of all. I mean, it's just it's people like Beethoven, Brahms, Debussy, Wagner, Schumann. You name it. I mean, everybody unanimously said Bach was. The greatest of all, and I believe that is really because of the musical content. It's it's above and beyond any mathematical equation or perfection in in structure. It's it's about the content of the music. How do we explain that, Mark? I just had a chance to talk to the fiery Russian pianist Daniel Trifonov about his new double Bach. CD, and he was very excited about the Fibonacci numbers and all of that in the Art of Fugue. But again, when he got to the part about how moved he was by spending a year with Bach, he just stopped. He couldn't find words to explain what was happening. Yes, he knew he was playing these proportions, but it was ineffable for him. Words failed him. Absolutely, you know. Of course, it's difficult to sum up an entire composer's compositional output. In just a few words, in terms of what this music expresses, but I would say with Bach, I mean, if we talk about love, triumph,、uh, compassion, and、um, and and something very spiritual too. I mean, obviously, he was a very religious man, and and you don't have to be a religious person or have any particular beliefs at all to feel that spirituality in the music and and just how rich. That is, and how、um, it really encompasses, you know, the entire、uh, human existence. You know, I mean, there's something very infinite about the music, and you can't really say that about very many composers. I can think of maybe one or two others, maybe, you know, somebody like Beethoven. You know, I mean, that's but in, that's in a very different realm. All I, well, you can't say not completely, but it's but it it is a different realm from Bach. You don't have to put in heart. I mean, you have to open your heart. You have to meet him with your humanity, right? But it's there. Exactly. What did Brahms say? Study Bach. It's all in there. <laughs> Everything you need is in this music. But but exactly. And you know, music is always it's a combination of mind, heart, and spirit. And so, of course, you have to be innately. Musical to to be a, a musician in terms of having a, a natural intuition and interaction with the music, but then there also has to be a deep understanding of the music, and and that comes from hard work and studying and and learning continuously, 
And, and then in Bach's case, and in many other composers too, but particularly Bach, it's the spirituality to identify and to be able to convey that to an audience. And, and I think that's the best musicians are transmitters. I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to think of it like a radio tower necessarily, but, but it is in the, in the sense that the best thing a, an artist can do is express the content of the music and not get in the way. And, and, you know, people talk about performing Mozart. They said the only thing you can do to that music is get in the way. And, and perhaps maybe not quite to that extent, but, but with Bach, it's not so different. But with that being said, that doesn't mean at all that it can't be also very personal or the way you express the music. And, and certainly a great performer puts his or her own stamp on the music, you know, or signature, your own personality matters. That's the vehicle to express. Erica, one of the things that our late composer in residence, uh, Vaslav Nelibel, said that the thing that was so unbelievably unique about Bach, and in many of his works, there are all sorts of things that, like, Vaslav shows how much he was influenced by Bach through them. He talked about how the stuff he wrote was the ultimate marriage of the mind and the heart musically. He said, and he always felt that as a composer, Vaslav felt that his biggest challenge was the really great composers, he would say, can express themselves fully, even if you put them within a straitjacket. Meaning that no matter what kind of restrictions, whether it's weird instrumentation or a specific form or whatever they set out to or were commissioned to or were asked to or wanted to write in, they could express themselves musically within the restrictions of that framework. And and he felt that Bach was the ultimate way of marrying the mind and the heart in expressing humanity in a musical manner. Solo cello. He does it in the suites, a range of human experience and all the things that you've described, Mark. Solo cello, one instrument. Yes, exactly. You know, well, I'm, I would say as a proponent of the cello, being a cellist and devoting my life to making music on the instrument, I will say that the cello has one of the greatest ranges of any instrument in terms of the different registers it can sing in or, or, or sound in. Uh, if you compare it to a singer, it can be in the bass, baritone, tenor, mezzo-soprano, and soprano registers, which there are very, I think there are very few other instruments that can do that. Of course, the piano and maybe one or two others, but, but really it's unique that way. It also happens to fall largely in the range of the human voice, like I just articulated. And I think that resonates, not surprisingly, then with people uh, very well and connects. And because of that, and the nature of the instrument is a very colorful instrument, and it can make just such a, a wide and vast variety of sounds. And so I think it really is a fantastic vehicle for music such as this. And also on Sunday, one of the uh, selections I will perform is the second partita for violin, solo violin on the cello. The sonatas and partitas actually work very well in terms of register on the cello as well. It, it becomes a little bit different than if you would listen to it, of course, on the violin. But I think it, 
it communicates a different message uh, through the cello because of the nature of the instrument. And Mark, you grew up with that sound. Your father was a cellist, right? So you have been immersed in that extraordinary sound that you've just described since you were little, Mark. Exactly. And I'm, I'm very fortunate because um, not only did I grow up in a, a musical family and uh, but I grew up in a, in a really excellent musical family. My father, ha- having had a wonderful musical education, wonderful musical instincts, intuitions, and also having a really beautiful sound. And so I, I got to hear that before I was born. And did he lead you to Bach or did you discover Bach by yourself or in both ways? Well, my mother likes to tell the story that when I was extremely young, like three or four years old, I was in shock the day I learned that Bach was dead. <laughs> because he had been talked about so much in the household. And he went to church and it's being played. And I'm, I guess I assumed he was alive. And it's, it's very entertaining. But at the same time, he was very much alive in my life. Because I heard, I heard the music at home on the cello. I heard the music. My dad, I didn't mention, also majored in organ, was a church organist. So I heard it, this music every Sunday because I went to a Lutheran church on top of it. And so really, uh, I was immersed in the music from the very beginning. Now, you have undertaken a major project to bring Bach not to just those of us who are fortunate enough to attend a concert or a recital, but you're going out into the community to try to say, this is a gift and we need to share it, all of us together. Tell us about your Bach project. Yes. So it was 2017 and I knew I wanted to do something because I I really was feeling at that time that there was just a lot of divisions in society and just uh, polarization. And I, I just thought, well, I'm a musician. And as a musician, our job is to express the times and to function and enhance of the societies in which we live. And I came up with the idea that, well, what is the music that has brought people together and helped people find common ground for centuries? And it was the music of J.S. Bach. And so I came up with the idea to take the music out into the community and not only to perform for music lovers, which of course I did also, but to play for people who perhaps may have never heard this music before. And there, believe it or not, there, there are quite a few people. And, and as you know, of course, generations go by and young people come along that that maybe haven't been exposed to the music. So it was a really rewarding project for me for three years here in Northeast Ohio. And I performed everywhere from retirement communities to community centers, homeless shelters, concert series, uh, television and radio stations. And, and, you know, I have to say just, just some really profound experiences interacting with people. There was a a day when I went to the Cosgrove Center for the Homeless here in Cleveland, and I was waiting to get in because um, the person who was supposed to see me in hadn't arrived yet. And uh, a homeless gentleman uh, started up a conversation with me, and it turned out he went to Cleveland Heights High School. uh, And then uh, when he was growing up, used to attend Cleveland Orchestra concerts, which that for a musician, I, if, if that doesn't ring a bell and, and rock your world, nothing will. I mean, it, it's just the proof that, I mean, it brings things right into perfect perspective. 
that you know some people weren't dealt as fine of a hand in life as perhaps you were. And this was someone who was highly intelligent, highly educated, could talk a range of subjects. And I, I enjoyed so much talking to him. And it just was a really powerful experience. Another powerful experience was at the East Cleveland Adult Activity Center when I performed there. And a gentleman came up to me afterwards who was having trouble articulating how the music affected him. And he, he finally just smiled and said good night and left oh. but it was it was just really amazing and, and in that concert how when i started playing people were talking and and there were some you know whatnot sounds going on but it was interesting the music itself it got quieter and quieter and quieter until there wasn't a sound in the room and i was performing but i felt that it, it wasn't as much about me as the music so we saw that. I don't know if you remember this. The second or third time you performed here, we had two rows of handicapped adults in the audience, and they were a little bit rambunctious at the beginning. So I came to go backstage to just let you know in between songs, don't worry, they're, you know, they're wonderful audience members. They love this and whatever they just and they were very upset that I was going, they, they were yelling, don't you bother him. Don't bother him. The mean lady's going to bother him because they were so, they had fallen in love in just one piece. It was one of the most touching thing. I mean, I, I enjoyed being cast in the role of the Wicked Witch, but it was, it was so moving that just one song into this performance, they felt like they wanted to defend him. That's the impact that that performance had. And that's also one of the reasons, you know, our concert hall is one of the few places that people can come without handing over what they may not have and can still hear world-class guest artists. And so when I heard about this project, I just, first thing I said to him, I interrupted him telling me about it the first time to say, at some point we have to do it here. And I was moved when I heard you talk about your mentor, Jana Starker, and you were saying some things that he left you with, which are very powerful. Uh, yes, Janusz Starker in particular, but also there are others. If you look at many of the greatest 20th century musicians, I mean, you, it's just staggering what they achieved. But in so many cases, they were propelled by incredible hardship and loss. I mean, Janusz Starker lost both of his brothers. They were murdered at the hands of the Nazis, and he felt that at least one of them, if not both of them, were more talented in music than he was. Uh, one was a violinist in particular, and he made it his life's mission to be the greatest musician he could possibly be, be because of their loss. I think the last thing he ever said to me, the last time I saw him, was to spread and share beauty in the world because simply that's what we all need the most. And... Yes, I mean, I, I can't think of a, a greater greater departing words for a mentor to give to his student. And of course, I'll never forget that along with countless other things. For those who didn't know him, I mean, he was a incredible, he was like a musical warrior. His whole life was like a musical crusade to spread uh, beauty and the highest possible standards and values in music and also to push aside and 
tamp down anything that was less than that. And so, so he was, and he was incredibly kind and generous to the people he was close to and unbelievably devoted teacher. And he also had a, a barbed tongue and some people got stung sometimes. <laughs> You had to understand him a little bit because uh, he had an unbelievably dry sense of humor. Mark, the project has come to its close now after three years, yes? Well, it, it came to the close in Northeast Ohio, but I have decided to export the project, basically. And, and this past summer, I performed all the cello suites at the Santa Fe Chamber Music Festival and now I'm bringing a program to, to Scranton. And in a few weeks uh, following this upcoming weekend, I'm going to perform in some community uh, centers in Bangor, Maine, when I'm up there to perform with the symphony. And I will be performing, uh, again, movements of Bach out in the community. Then we can extrapolate and we should learn from your experience. We should be aware it teaches us something about the power of music and the power of Bach. Every time he comes here, we are reminded of the power we have in our hands to impact not only somebody's day or week, but in some cases lives through our performance and what we offer here. I think music is one of actually the greatest powers and forces on the planet. And I mean, without music, none of us would be around. And, and this isn't just about classical music. It's about all genres, all forms of, of music. And but it just yeah, just the power it contains. And if if employed in the right kinds of ways, the, the good it can do in the world and how it can uplift people and and improve everyone's quality of life in, in, a, in a way that. I don't think anything else can. The way it touches the soul and, and, and nourishes us as human beings, um, that's probably one of the greatest gifts we have. Mark Kosower, principal cellist of the Cleveland Orchestra, and Cheryl Boga, director of performance music at the University of Scranton, both speaking with us in anticipation of Kosower's return to the University of Scranton for a recital as part of his special series, Bach for Humanity. This Sunday, October 24th at 7.30 p.m. in the Houlihan McLean Center, Mulberry Street and Jefferson Avenue in downtown Scranton. Admission is free. All members are asked to wear masks throughout the performance. The concert is open to all members of the university community and invited guests. And Cheryl Boca insists that WVIA's listeners are invited guests. Performance music at the University of Scranton, welcoming back the acclaimed cellist Mark Kosower, principal cellist of the Cleveland Orchestra, for a solo performance as part of his special recital series, Bach for Humanity, Sunday, this Sunday, October 24th at 7.30 p.m. in the Houlihan McLean Center, Mulberry Street and Jefferson Avenue in downtown Scranton. Admission is free.
For more information on the web, scranton.edu slash music, scranton.edu slash music. If you are unable to attend this performance, Kosovo's June 2020 appearance on Performance Music's Scranton Isolation Informances series can be seen online, and you can find the way to reach that by going to scranton.edu slash music. <laughs>